Thursday, February 8, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. You know, we talk sports every single weekday, and we try to do it with a dose of common sense. Try to give you maybe something different than you're going to get at some other sports shows. Try to actually apply some logic to what we see in sports instead of just getting all emotional and running at the mouth and not making any sense. Try not to take ourselves too seriously, and we are extremely happy to have you with us today. Happy Thursday to you. We are rolling along this week. You know, you might not realize it today, but February 8th is National Iowa Day. National Iowa Day. I had no idea. What does that mean? Like, I literally have no idea. What do you do on National Iowa Day? I don't think I've, I've never been to Iowa. Haven't ever made that trip. Not sure I'm blocking out a spot on the calendar to go to Iowa. What do you do on Iowa Day? Like eat corn? Smoke some meth? I have no idea. But whatever it is, go Hawkeyes. Happy Iowa Day to those, if we have any Iowans out there listening, happy Iowa Day to you. If you'd like to contact Joe, let us know how you ingest meth in Iowa. You can hit us up on email at dailydosports at gmail.com or reach out to us over on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Maybe you need some advice. We would be glad to help you out. Feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, we have a lot to get to today. The 2018 Winter Olympics officially begin tomorrow. Well, I guess there are a few events even going on today. But the opening ceremonies will actually get going tomorrow. And while the Winter Olympics are a little weird, I guess, we will give you a few reasons to actually tune in and watch some of those events, and we will talk about a few of the events today here on the show. We do have a little bit of breaking news that we want to get to, and as we do each Thursday, we will take a look around the sports world and see what crazy overreactions that we are getting. Big surprise, after the Super Bowl, Oh, we've got a number of things being spoon-fed to us in the media that don't make a whole lot of sense. Got a lot to get to today on this Thursday on The Daily Dose. But first, you know, it was the official 2018 college football signing day yesterday as high school seniors declared where they would be attending college in some of the most obnoxious ways possible. You know, they all do the hats or the sweatshirts or whatever. I don't understand half of what they're doing. I know that they think it's really amazing in their own mind as, you know, that teenage mentality kind of does. But one moron had the hat on like a Chucky doll and pulled that out. I don't even know what that means. I saw another that pulled out the hat and mom got up and walked away from the table. Apparently, mom wasn't happy with this choice in colleges. Always good to be supportive, but whatever. Now, who knows what any of these rankings mean or whether they mean anything I have no idea what to believe when I see the player rankings and the class rankings and the team rankings and all that stuff, because we know that there are some major flaws in ranking some of these players. We've talked about that here on The Dose before. If you've got a two-star safety playing at your local high school, you've got him down as a two-star, he's looking at a couple of small-time schools, and all of a sudden, Nick Saban walks in to recruit that kid, he's a five-star athlete. The kid hasn't changed one bit. The only thing that changed is Nick Saban walked in the door. Other than that, he's still the two-star kid. What changed? So I always kind of struggle with exactly what to believe when I see these rankings and stuff. Like there's some inherent flaws that kind of come with some of the stuff. 
But I do want to take a look at where some of the schools came in and what they were ranked, at least right now. And these may have changed slightly this morning, but here are the rankings that I have in front of me right now. Number one recruiting class in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Kirby Smart, he uses that appearance in the national championship game to keep kids in Georgia. And you know, a lot of people don't realize this. Georgia has a ton of talent. You know, we always talk about the big three. You talk about California, you talk about Florida, you talk about Texas. People don't always mention Georgia. Georgia has a ton of football talent down there. Kirby Smart is doing an excellent job of just keeping his Georgia kids. And if you do that, you can be very, very good. Georgia comes in at number one. Number two, the Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, Urban Meyer just keeps pulling top classes again and again and again. Like I sit there every year and think, okay, Ohio State's got to take a little bit of a step back this year. No, like it never happens. Urban Meyer pulls in another huge class. Number three, the Texas Longhorns. Hey, folks, I know that for the past few years, Texas has fallen on hard times, and I understand that. I get that. I'm telling you right now, if you are in the Big 12 or if you are a national program and you're looking around the country, I'm telling you right now, Texas is coming. I realize they've been down. They haven't been on the national scene at all lately. They've barely even been visible in their own conference. They are getting things together under Tom Herman. Texas is coming. That is just a matter of time before they get rolling again. The number four recruiting class belongs to the Penn State Nittany Lions. You know, James Franklin, I honestly think Penn State might have had the most talented team this past year in college football. Think of the talent that they had. And I realize he's going to lose some guys to the NFL, including, of course, running back Saquon Barkley. But James Franklin is reloading at Penn State. They have another very good class. Number five this year, the Clemson Tigers. You know, the Tigers had a late push yesterday. They were actually just outside the top 10. They had a late push. And once again, Dabo Swinney, he just keeps bringing in these talented classes. And so much of his talent is going to the defensive side of the ball. And they should be nasty again defensively out in South Carolina. The Clemson Tigers with another big haul in the recruiting world. Number six, eh, what's new? The Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban, again, he just keeps pulling these classes, just keeps pulling talent down to Tuscaloosa. And when you think of that national championship game, and we remember that, how many big plays were being made by freshmen already? He's got freshmen making huge plays. Now another hall, top five, six class. Yeah, Alabama. It's as good as it gets down in Alabama right now. The number seven class in the country, they are saying, goes to the Miami Hurricanes. Mark Richt is, again, doing a phenomenal job of just keeping his kids home. Just keep South Florida kids home, and you're going to be loaded. And that is what Miami and Mark Richt are doing. At number eight, we've got Southern California. You know, Clay Helton, he's got to keep his SoCal recruiting base. If he loses that, especially if he starts losing recruits to UCLA and Chip Kelly, ooh, look out. Things are going to get sideways really, really quick. But for now... Clay Helton gets another pretty solid class. Number nine on the list is interesting to me. Number nine, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Brian Kelly brings in what looks to be a top 10 class. Not exactly sure how Brian Kelly did this, though. It's always kind of surprising to me when I see Notre Dame have these really, really big classes. 
because I'm not sure how you do that with all the academic restrictions that Notre Dame keeps telling us that they have. And they tell us that they have them for their athletes as well. Yes, we have these tight academic standards. And no, no, no. The athletes have to do it too. It's not just the students. The athletes have to do it too. Do they? That's pretty amazing. Because you're pulling in a top 10 class. You must have got every smart kid that's out. Nobody else got one of them. Notre Dame got every single one. Pretty impressive. Pretty amazing. All the smart kids. Number 10, at least on this list, the Oklahoma Sooners. Lincoln Riley. Looking to keep the Sooners in the national picture after Bob Stoops, of course, left last year. So those are the top 10 classes. Again, those can all be moved around and shaped around. I don't know how much to believe that stuff, but thought I would at least give you a few of the classes and let you know what schools did at least a solid job in recruiting. You know, I would imagine that over the next week, two weeks, something like that, we will probably take a look at a few other classes of note that you just might want to be aware of exactly where they came in couple coaches out there, couple programs out there that I think are very, very interesting to see what kind of recruiting class they had. You know, like I said, I don't take this stuff too seriously, but here is one little stat I will throw out to you. Each of the last seven national champions have had at least four top 10 recruiting finishes prior to winning it all. So does this stuff matter? Uh, I don't know. Like some part of it matters, doesn't it? Like some weird part of it must matter because you can't lie about that stat. Last seven champs have had top 10 classes for four years in a row. There's something to this. I'm not saying it's foolproof, but there's definitely something to this. Hey, coming back, we've got to talk about the 2018 Winter Olympics because they do get started tomorrow. And I'm not going to break them down too much, but I will give you an idea of a couple events that you might want to try to tune in for. Plus, we do have some news coming out in the NBA that I wanted to discuss briefly. We will have all that after this. Before we get to the Olympics, did you see this bizarre story? It seems that Sports Illustrated obtained a copy of Cleveland Cavaliers guard Derek Rose's 40-page contract with the Adidas Shoe Company. And they are reporting that Adidas is still paying Rose a significant amount of money, like 15 to 17 million dollars a year, which is really, really weird. Like that surprised me when I heard that. I mean, that seems like a high amount of money. And to be honest, I didn't even know that Adidas made crutches. So it did shock me a little bit, right? Okay. But that's actually not the weird part. It gets weirder. It also looks like written into the contract, Rose's older brother Reggie gets $250,000 to $300,000 per year. Kind of odd, isn't it? He doesn't play. He doesn't do anything. And also, Rose's best friend Randall gets dollars to $75,000 per year from Adidas. It's kind of weird. Like, this is still going on despite the fact that there is language in the contract in this deal, that there will be deductions if Derrick Rose doesn't make the all-star team. An all-star team? Derrick Rose hasn't been an all-star since like 2012. Tim Duncan has been an all-star more recently than Derrick Rose. <laughs> but, you know, to be honest, I don't care about all this. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird to me. It's weird that they're still paying him this much. It's weird that they haven't backed off the money. It's weird that they're paying his friend and his brother. Like, it's weird. 
but I don't care. If Rose got his brother and his friend some money, then I mean, go do what you do. I mean, if you can get people paid, you are worth exactly what they'll pay you. If you can get your friends and your family paid, hey, do it. We all wish we could do that, right? But what I would like to know, I would like to know this. Is there any chance that Reggie or Randall can play like a little bit of defense? Like, I'm not asking a whole lot, but can one of them stay in front of somebody defensively? Because I'm watching the Cavaliers the other night. Tyron Lue had this lineup on the floor. I want you to think about this lineup real quick. He had Isaiah Thomas, Derek Rose, Dwayne Wade, Jeff Green, and Kyle Korver on the floor at the same time. I mean, seriously? The other team didn't even have to shoot. The ball just went in the basket. Like, you didn't have to do anything. The ball was just like, I don't know, with this group, I know, I just go in that basket. That's where I end up every single time. So the ball just went in. It's just kind of bizarre how bad they are defensively. And then you have Tyron Lue putting this lineup on the floor. What do you think's going to happen with this lineup on the floor? That is horrible. You know what? Forget it. Reggie and Randall, you don't have to play any defense. Maybe you can coach the team. Because Tyron Lue, I know that you're LeBron's boy and everything. What in the world are you thinking putting that lineup out there on the floor? Derrick Rose's contract. Like, it brings up a lot of questions, doesn't it? A lot of weird things coming with Derrick Rose's contract. Kind of bizarre. Okay. The 2018 Winter Olympics begin officially tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try to say this word because it's a country. It's apparently a city in South Korea. Pyeongchang? Pyeong, Pyeongchang? Is that, is that right? Am I close? Pong, Pyeongchang? Pyeongchang. I, I'm not trying to sound that. I don't know how to say this. Beyonce, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce this. Whatever. Okay. South Korea is where the Olympics are going to take place. You have a few different options of how you want to watch these games. You can get up at like three or four a.m. in the morning and watch them live. Like if you don't have anything else to do. Or, of course, you can wait, watch the tape delay in prime time because that's when most of these events are going to be going like two, three, four o'clock in the morning as far as the time zone in the USA. Just know that if you are going to wait and watch that tape delay, you might want to kind of avoid the news or avoid the sports or avoid that kind of thing because you're going to find out who already won the event that you're watching and you're like, okay, I already know how this ends. So I'm just kind of throwing that idea out to you, kind of keep those things in mind. I'm not going to break any news here. Like, hey, 5.30 a.m. and guess who just won the gold medal game? I'm not going to do that here on the dose. So you can still tune into the dose and I'll, I'll keep you safe. I won't reveal anything that you don't want revealed. But competitions do actually begin a little bit today. The actual opening ceremony is tomorrow morning. They're going to air it tomorrow evening here in the States. These games will run through February 25th. They will be on all of the NBC channels. They'll be airing Olympic coverage throughout the next few weeks. So basically, what I'm telling you is we have something to watch for a while. Yes, the Winter Olympics are kind of weird. But it's sports, it's competition, and it's amateur athletes. Uh, let me change that a little bit. But it's amateur cheating, usually athletes that are sort of getting paid, but not really. You know what I mean? Okay. What I'm saying is the Winter Olympics are a little bizarre, but they are entertaining. As in every Olympics opening ceremony since 1908, the athletes are going to march into the stadium under their country's flag during the Parade of Nations. Now, here's something kind of interesting that you might want to keep an eye on. 
Olympic athletes from North and South Korea are going to be marching together under one single flag. I mean, kind of a historic decision there. There has been some controversy around that, but it might be interesting to keep an eye on at the opening ceremonies. Now, I'm not going to break down every Winter Olympic event for you. I'm not that into it, to be honest. And the Winter Olympics, like I said, are a little bit odd. Not quite the same as the summer events. You know, when you think about the Winter Olympics, basically, every Winter event just involves people trying to see how quickly they can scoot across ice or snow. Like, it's kind of weird. But, I mean, I'm still going to watch because it's competition, but it is kind of weird. And, well, and also because football just ended. But I, So I need something to watch. But when you look at these events, that's basically what they come down to. I mean, think about these events. We have alpine skiing, right? Scooting down a mountain of snow. We have the biathlon. Scooting across flat snow. And then, I don't know, you shoot a bear? What do you shoot? You shoot something. Is it a deer? You shoot an elk? I don't know what it is. A target? I don't know. I have no idea. So you have that. You have the bobsled. I think they call it the bobsleigh. The bobsled, whatever. Scooting down the snow in a sled with three of your friends. You have cross-country skiing, which is just like the biathlon without the hunting aspect. You have the Nordic combined, which is the alpine skiing going down the hill and combine that with the flat hill of the cross-country skiing thing. So but without the bear hunting too. You don't have that in there. You have curling. Curling, a lot of people are kind of into curling. Curling's kind of taken on this nerd hipster quality to it. I don't know what it is. Which is basically scooting a small piece of carry-on luggage across the ice with push brooms while you wear ridiculous uniforms. As far as I can tell, that's curling described right there. Uh, Figure skating, scooting along the ice gracefully. You also have speed skating, scooting along the ice quickly. You have ice hockey, scooting a puck across the ice past your opponents into a net while trying not to get punched in the face by your opponent. You have the luge and the skeleton, which is scooting down a mountain at insanely high speeds as a human roller skate. I'm not doing it, but I'll watch it. You have ski jumping, which is scooting down a giant playground slide that has been sprayed with a hose and frozen solid just to see how far your body can be launched off the end of the slide. And then you have snowboarding, scooting down a mountain of snow while standing on a surfboard. There's your events. Every one of them involves scooting across ice or snow, right? Okay. Now, you may hear those, and you might think, okay, that's those are weird. There's no reason to watch these games. But you'd be wrong, because as bizarre as they sound, there is still some entertainment there. And I'm going to tell you just a few quick stories to watch for in these 2018 Olympic Games. First off, I'm telling you right now, and the one thing that I actually am a little excited for, I will watch. I will watch women's hockey. Not sure if you remember the epic battle that Team USA waged in 2014 with Canada, but it was a crazy gold medal game. Team USA led two to nothing in that game. Canada came back for the 3-2 win. They captured their fourth straight gold medal. Now, you might not know this, but back in October, these two teams played again. They played an exhibition that Team USA won narrowly. After the game, Canadian coach Laura Schuler called that loss in the exhibition an embarrassment to her country. Seriously? It's going to be like that, huh? You've got a country full of people wearing denim all the time, and you're calling this an embarrassment? Yeah, this should be good. I'm telling you, watch women's hockey. Give you a couple others to watch. 
Watch Alpine Skiing because American Lindsey Vaughn is looking to come back from a couple of major falls and major injuries and major rehab and all that has gone with what Lindsey Vaughn has done. Lindsey Vaughn will be participating in the Super G and the Women's Downhill in what you would think would probably be her last chance at Olympic gold. She hasn't always done great in the Olympics. Currently, she has won three medals, but you just know Lindsey Vaughn wants to add to that total. Might want to check out some alpine skiing. Here's another one might not know about. You might want to watch some women's bobsled. Now, this might sound like I'm making this up. I'm not. Might sound like something right out of a movie, but Nigeria has a women's bobsled team and will be making history as the first African bobsled team ever. Telling you right now, expect to see representatives from Disney standing at the finish line asking these girls to sign their movie rights away. How can you not cheer for the Nigerian bobsled team? Might have to tune in for that. And then also, you do have snowboarding because speaking of final chances, this is probably American snowboarder Sean White's last chance to pick up another gold in the men's half pipe. Remember back in 2014, White was the favorite, ended up finishing fourth and just off the medal stand. So you know he would like to get back on that podium in 2018. Like I said, the Winter Olympics, a little bit odd, but it isn't like we have anything else to watch. So I'm all in. I'll be watching it. And by all in, I mean I will turn them on, probably fall asleep. Close enough. I will watch some Winter Olympics. Hey, coming back, we will have our weekly Daily Dose segment. That's right, the best overreactions from the sports media world. What nonsense are we being told this week? Just a quick reminder, you know you've got to hurry up and get something for Valentine's Day because it's coming next week. So you might want to get on that. And you might as well head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose for all the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. If you've got someone on your Valentine's list, you don't know what to get. I'm telling you, if you go over to Loot Crate, you are going to find something that is going to appeal to them. You can get them a crate. You can get them individual items. You can get them a subscription of crates. February's Loot Crate theme is called Protect, and it features items from Black Panther, Fallout, The Expanse, and Pacific Rim Uprising. But if you're interested in a different franchise, head over to Loot Crate because they have pretty much anything you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We will get you 10% off of your order. So make sure you stop by LootCrate.com. Okay, as we do every single week, we have got to get to our overreactions of the week because every week we like to take a look around the sports world and see what silly things they might be jamming down our throat. Sometimes we hear some of these goofy things and we just kind of say, that was an overreaction. Now, with this being the week after the Super Bowl, of course, we had a number of things coming out about the Super Bowl that didn't exactly make the most sense. Okay, so here's a few things that we heard. First thing that I started to hear in the sports media, there is a chance that the New England Patriots are done. Yes, Josh McDaniels is back, but this franchise is seeing their window close. Maybe. That's possible. Because Tom Brady is getting older. But here's the thing. I don't know. I know this is sacrilegious to say this. I don't know that this is all Tom Brady. I think in order for this window to close, it has to be the end of Bill Belichick. I think he's the guy that puts this team in situations where they can be successful. And think about this with the Patriots. And don't get me wrong. 
I would love for this window to slam shut on the Patriots. Please don't misunderstand that. I couldn't be more sick of this team. But keep this one thing in mind. They did lose Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl. That was a big loss for them. I do think that they lost their ability to stretch the field in that Super Bowl, and that did come back to bite them. Also remember this. They should get Julian Edelman back. I know down the stretch, it really looked like the Patriots were running out of receivers. Getting Edelman back, a guy who knows the system, a guy who has proven his toughness, a guy who Tom Brady trusts, they're not quite done yet. I would love to start kicking dirt on them. They're not quite done yet. Another thing coming out after the Super Bowl is that if New England Patriots tied in Rob Gronkowski retires, it's a huge loss for the Patriots. It's a loss for sure. But I'm not sure it's a huge loss for the Patriots. I know there's talk that maybe he would retire. And I'm not so quick to dismiss that. Because when you think of all the injuries Gronkowski has had, I mean, he's out more than he's in. He's missed a ton of games in his career. And for serious things, obviously the elbow problem, that's one thing. Serious back issues. Now he's had head injuries multiple times. I'm not so quick to dismiss that Gronk couldn't just walk away from this game and do something else. You're telling me he couldn't just go run the Gronk Cruise. I think he could. But here's the thing. The New England Patriots Super Bowl record is now five and five. When they go to Super Bowls, five times they've won, five times they've lost. Do you know what Rob Gronkowski's Super Bowl record is in games that he's actually participated in? He's one and two. He has been on the field exactly one time. When the Patriots beat the Seahawks, he was on the field. Other than that, He's never really been on the field during a Super Bowl. So are the Patriots going to miss him that much? They'll miss him. I'm not saying they won't, but it's not like they win or lose Super Bowls based on him. He's barely been there anyways. Another thing that I'm hearing coming out in the sports media this week, where in the world is Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles going to go next year? He's going somewhere. I mean, he's the backup. We know Carson Wentz is going to come back. He's going to put Foles back on the bench. Now Foles is a Super Bowl MVP. Where is he going to go? What team could he end up with? You know, he could end up in Buffalo. He could end up in Denver. He could end up with a number of different teams. We know how many teams are out there that need a new quarterback. Here's a quick question. Why would Nick Foles go anywhere? He's under contract. The Eagles actually have a backup quarterback. Name another franchise that has a backup quarterback. If Tom Brady goes down, who steps in for him? I literally have no idea. If Ben Roethlisberger goes down, the Steelers are going to go down too. We saw what happened when Aaron Rodgers went down this year. If Matt Ryan went down, if Cam Newton went down, if someone like Marcus Mariota goes down, the Titans turn into absolute hot garbage. You name the team that is not going to stumble if they lose their starting quarterback. Nearly every team in the league would almost die without their starting quarterback. Well, except for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but that's a different point. Now, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. They just won the Super Bowl with their backup. Why in the world would they trade him? Oh, he's got such huge value. Yeah, you know where he has huge value? Right there in Philadelphia, where they have a chance to go win another Super Bowl. That's value. Hey, Carson Wentz, go play, get after it. And if anything happens, we know we have an experienced guy that can get it done. Hey, after this next year, yes, maybe he goes somewhere. But why in the world would you trade a guy that helped you get the Super Bowl and you have a situation that is literally better than any other team 
in the league. I don't see Nick Foles going anywhere. Not this year. Maybe next year. Not this next year. I think Nick Foles is still a Philadelphia Eagle. Last thing that I'm hearing, and I have heard this from a number of people. I heard this on the night of the broadcast, and I have heard it since. Super Bowl 52 might be the greatest Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Really? How long have you been watching Super Bowls? Would be my question. Because here's the thing that stands out to me about this Super Bowl. Highly entertaining. Please don't misunderstand. I was very, very happy with the outcome. But greatest Super Bowl of all time? See, that's one thing that we do as sports fans. And I understand if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan and you look at this and say that's the greatest Super Bowl of all time, I totally get it. (laughs) Believe me, as a Denver Broncos fan, I totally get it. Yes, for you, it is the greatest Super Bowl of all time. I completely understand. But sometimes we get caught up in this whole emotion of, man, that was so exciting. That was so exciting. That was such a great game. It might be the greatest game of all time. No, it wasn't. Let's let this breathe a little bit. Because I have a feeling in another year or two, we're going to go, no, that was a highly, highly entertaining football game. Didn't have any defense. We saw a number of times there were blown coverages and missed assignments defensively. Defenses literally never got a stop. Think about it. You can actually think of the defensive stops that happened. There were a couple times they made each other settle for field goals. There was the strip stack of Brady late, and there was the Hail Mary that got knocked to the ground. Like, that was it. Over a 1,000 yards of offense? And I'm not saying I want a defensive struggle, but, like, can the defense show up at all for either team? Entertaining Super Bowl? Without question. The best Super Bowl ever? I don't think so. And, you know, now that I'm kind of thinking about this, I don't know. We might have to think about what the best Super Bowl of all time was. Might have some thoughts on that here in just, you know, the next day or so. Hey, tomorrow is Friday, and of course, we will be looking at the latest sports news and stories, and we will be looking forward to the weekend in sports and giving you a few events to watch. Yes, I know football is over. There's still going to be some good stuff to watch. I will let you know what events you want to tune in for. Plus, we will have our weekly Daily Dose Top 5, and you know you've got to tune in for that. I have to say thank you so much for listening to the Daily Dose every day. I've been picking up some new listeners, and I appreciate that. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the suggestions. Thank you for sharing the show. If you are someone out there retweeting the show or reposting the show on social media, it is very, very appreciated. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.